the volume. The Draymond Green Show presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. No better place to bet the action than on FanDuel Sportsbook during the football season. There's a lot of reasons. It's America's number one sportsbook. Incredibly easy to use. Super safe. Totally secure. Super fast payouts in as quick as two hours. You're not going to get that anywhere. Also, same game parlay bets. Live betting. It's the best. There really is no competition. Hey, if you're new... Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. I did it in 15 seconds. Get started now. Sign up. Please use the promo code Colin so they know we sent you. Please use the promo code Colin, C-O-L-I-N. FanDuel Sportsbook app. Sign up. Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Anne Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Only in theaters this Friday. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes film.com to get tickets now. Are you self-conscious about your smile due to stains? Have you ever wished that you had a whiter and brighter smile? Smile Actives is a safe and affordable alternative to expensive whitening procedures. You simply add Smile Actives gel to your toothpaste every time you brush your teeth, making it the easiest teeth whitening solution out there. In a clinical trial, Smile Actives users reported up to five shades whiter on average, all within seven days. No change to your routine, no extra time. Right now, they are running a buy one, get one offer. Hurry to smileactives.com slash iHeart today to receive this special offer with free shipping and handling. When you're an American Express Platinum card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! And even... Checkout's not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Draymond Green Show. This is episode eight, and I had the opportunity to have an incredible conversation with a Hall of Famer, a legend, town legend, incredible defensive player, nine-time all-defensive first team. The legend, none other than the glove, like I said, town legend. Obviously, you know my ties to the town. Uh, that's a you know OG who, since I came out here, just kind of always tapped in with me and always showed love. And obviously, uh, everything's come full circle uh, with with young GP, the young glove, you know, being with the dubs and playing incredible basketball. Uh, I know his pops is proud. And so we had an incredible conversation. And my favorite part of the conversation was the very beginning. And I think selfishly, uh, that that was my favorite part of the conversation. So... Uh, you all would definitely had the opportunity to hear the conversation. I think it was fantastic. And as you know, you know, we both can chat it up a little bit. That's kind of what we do. So I'm looking forward to that, and I'm looking forward to sharing that with you guys. Uh, but first, uh, we need to talk about a few things going on around the association, uh, starting with I think everybody wants to hear about uh, my thoughts on the Warriors, uh, the Warriors-Nuggets game that was postponed when I was in COVID protocol. Uh, and the reality is it probably helped me because that was one less game that I missed. So I only ended up missing two games. 
Uh, and then obviously getting back uh, the other day uh, against Miami. Uh, first game back at, at Chase Center. Felt good to be back with the guys after missing a couple games. Sitting there watching it on TV sucks. And for me personally, I'm sitting there watching it on the TV like, go, blitz them, go, go. <laughs> like feeling like I'm I'm there and those guys can hear me. So uh, it's definitely, definitely was great to be back on the floor. I think I had a pretty good first night out against Miami. I thought I was going to finish the, get that game with 20 assists after having 10 assists in the first half, but it didn't quite go that way. But nonetheless, it was a great win for us. But uh, speaking back to the postponement of the game, I, I thought it was complete bullshit. And the reason I did was because, as my tweet said, you put certain rules in place so you don't have to deal with that. And they didn't follow those rules. Denver didn't follow those rules. You know, so you add a couple guys here that you say questionable uh, due to these injuries that no one can say, oh, that guy can actually go out there and play, but yet a night and a half later they're out there playing, you know. So I thought that was garbage. I thought it probably should have been a forfeit because now we're going to have to go back to Denver on a back-to-back. We have a game March 8th versus the Clippers at home. Now we have to go play in Denver March 7th play at home against the Clippers on March 8th, and then fly back to Denver March 9th to play against Denver March 10th. So as I said in my tweets, advantage Denver. And a game that we would have won is now probably a scheduled loss. And, and I thought that was totally unfair. You can even look at the Brooklyn Nets, uh, that, you know, a team that had three games postponed. And, you know, we cut them a little bit of slack because I don't, I'm not quite sure that the rules were exactly intact uh, when their team got hit with COVID. But you canceled three games in a row. That would have been three losses for the Brooklyn Nets. Now, say it comes down to us versus the Brooklyn Nets in the finals, and that, and that changed the home court advantage. It's unfair. And so I thought it was garbage. Uh, I thought it should have been a forfeit on, on Denver's behalf. Obviously, we're not making a thing or forfeit, but you can clearly tell they took advantage of the rules. They added guys as questionable, said those guys couldn't play so they didn't meet the threshold of, of the minimum amount of players to play a game. And then yet our team is sitting there in Denver uh, with no for three days and doesn't play a single game and then it's going to have to go back. So I, I didn't think that was fair. Uh, we've had to play games without our guys, uh, with myself being one of those guys. And, yeah, you know, we could have did the same thing um, going to Toronto where, you know, some of us didn't, didn't, didn't play in that game. We could have put more guys down as questionable as well and, and did the same thing. And so if you put rules in play, stick by them. It can't be a case-by-case case case basis because it changes for everyone, and it's a competitive advantage. So – I thought that was totally unfair. I thought it was garbage, and I thought it should have been handled way differently by the league than it was. Speaking of COVID situations, Kyrie returning, and Kyrie is returning tonight, and I, I think we're all excited, as just as a basketball fan. You're excited to see Kyrie join that team and, and you know, bring that team to full strength. Uh, they prepared to play with Kyrie, and so now that he's getting the opportunity to do that only in role games, uh, as we know, I, I, it's exciting, if, you know, and Kyrie is one of the most exciting players to watch in the league. So, you know, he's going to – Kyrie is kind of that, you know, 6'1", six, 6'2", six six uh, whatever Kyrie is, but walks around with shoulders like he's seven feet. You know, so he's going to come back 
uh, straight pedal to the metal, no trying to find the rhythm. It's not how Kyrie operates. So I'm looking forward to that. I think all basketball fans is looking forward to Kyrie getting the opportunity to play. So that will happen tonight in Indiana. And I think Indiana might want to watch out because I know that boy is coming back. I'm sorry, that man is coming back with Avengers. And it's going to be good. So I'll be tuned in and locked in watching that one before if it lines up with 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 when we play um i think they play an hour before we play so maybe i'll get a chance to see a little bit of it but if not i'll just catch it on film because i am excited to see Kyrie and his shiftiness get back out there on that floor with his scoring ability and i mean we all know Kyrie's an incredible player so definitely looking forward to that uh Kyrie joining back with with the nets quinn snyder made some comments the other day where he said uh I should be in the MVP conversation. And I actually spoke about it in my press conference the other night and said, I agree. And the reason I agree is because if you can't watch me play and realize that scoring scoring the basketball isn't the only thing that makes you great, as I always say, you probably just don't understand what you're watching. And yet, you know, so many people, everybody and their mom, I always tell football player friends of mine, I'm envious of you guys. Because you have 11 guys running out there on your team, 11 guys on the other team. People can't begin to even try to come up with what coverage you're in or what defensive scheme you're in, what read was wrong. You know, who catches flack? Like a receiver for dropping the ball, a running back for not um, running the ball well, or a quarterback for throwing a pick, or a, a DB getting burnt. But sometimes when that DB get burnt, it's actually the free safety fault. But because it's so much going on on the football field, people can't really make that out. And so I always tell my football guys who are my friends that play football is I'm envious of you guys because everyone and their mom thinks they know the game of basketball. And it is so far from true. I always tell people I study this game every single day for hours on end, as most, as most people do in their craft. Yet they think they know the game better than me. And this is what I do for a living. This is what I study daily. What you give your all to is what I give to the game of basketball. And yet people think they understand the game as good as us. And so when Coach Snyder said that, I was very appreciative of it because I do feel that way. I do feel like I'm one of the best players in the league. I do feel like every night uh, I am doing incredible things to make sure my team wins the game. Uh, now, obviously, you know, I play next to the ultimate MVP candidate and Steph Curry. But I do think I should get some consideration. And, you know, that consideration may not be top three, as there are so many great players in the running for that award. But just to be up there on that list uh, in the top 10 being considered for that award, I think is incredible. And I think with all the things that I do, I, I can't disagree with Coach Snyder. I agree 100 percent. But uh, we know how it goes, you know. Uh, you're not averaging 25, 30 points a game. You don't really uh, get any acknowledgement for that award, and it's fine. Um, it's fine. As we all know, I do have my eyes set on that Defensive Player of the Year award. And so, you know, that's uh, that's my goal, and that's what I'll continue to push for. Uh, that award really means a lot to me, and, you know, I'm trying to add that to my trophy case, add another one to my trophy case. So uh, I definitely agree with Coach Snyder, and I hope those voters – Agree too. And send a couple of votes your boy way. That's all I asked for. And then um, before we get to 
uh, the, the interview with the OG. I think lastly, we are all excited and anticipating Klay Thompson's return. You know, a lot of people made something of Klay walking off the court, holding up six fingers um, in his warm-up the other night. And a lot of people are saying that he was holding up six fingers, meaning six days until his January 9th return. Unfortunately, guys, I get the same information you get. I get it right off the internet. <laughs> Clay Thompson's possibly returning on January 9th. What I can tell you is this guy's been flying around the, the facility. And I don't just mean on the basketball court. He's breezing through. He's hype. He's Dre. Let's go. This, that, and the other. I mean, his energy is through the roof. So, if that takes us to a January 9th, Clay return, then maybe those six fingers were about six days. If not, we know he's somewhere within the next couple weeks. And uh, I know I'm looking forward to that just about as much as anyone, if not more, to reunite with my brother, uh guy who I've played with my entire career, but that I've had the opportunity to win three championships and, and go in the trenches with every single night. I am looking forward to that. I understand and know what he's been through over these last couple of years, uh, two and a half years, and you know, just seeing all the, the good, the good days, the bad days. It was a roller coaster. I mean, it was legitimately a roller coaster. Like some days he walk in and he doesn't he wouldn't talk to anyone. Like, he'd just walk in and, like, just sit there and, like, go on about his business. And then some days he'd walk in and, and he's, like, loud as hell. Uh, and, Juan, you know, Juan Toscano Anderson, younger guys like that who doesn't really know Clay, he said, man, I don't know how to read Clay. Like, sometimes he say hi to me and he's cool and he talks. And then sometimes he just walk past with his head down and doesn't say anything to anyone. <laughs> and I'm like, well... The guy who says hi to you is probably more of the guy that Clay is. But what you do have to understand is that is also a guy who's dealing with the ultimate frustration, a guy who loves basketball and competing just as much as anyone that has had that snatched away for the last two and a half years while he sit back and watch you and I play the game that he loves so dearly. And so I understand it. Um I don't think there's any ill will to it. I know there's no any ill will to it because that's just not who Clay Thompson is. But just having to explain that to the guys, and now they're really starting to see Clay and the energy that he brings to the facility, uh, the energy that he brings to the organization and to this team because he's just been flying through that facility over the last week or week or so. And so, um, yeah, man, I'm, I'm hoping it's January 9th uh, versus the Cavs. It's long overdue, and like I said, he deserves it. And so, you know, this is going to be uh, it's going to be monumental. Like the basketball world is waiting for Klay Thompson's return. It's not just the Warriors fans. It's not just people in uh, California or NBA fans. The basketball world is awaiting Klay Thompson's return, and we're all anxious. We're excited. I can't wait. And uh, obviously for me, that's just furthering me deeper into pastor's paradise. So what more can I say? I'm thrilled about it. I'm looking forward to my brother's return, and I don't think we're far away. So stay tuned. Clay Thompson's return is on the brink. He's coming up.
And y'all better watch out. This is going to get interesting. And it's going to get really fun. Maybe fun for you, maybe not. Depends on where you stand. But I definitely think it'll be really fun for us. So uh, that's what we got, man. And, you know, w- without further ado, um, I would like to welcome, as I said before, the legend, the OG, the Oakland native, the Seattle Supersonic legend. Not to be confused with the OKC Thunder legend, the Seattle Supersonic legend. None other than the glove himself. OG Gary Payton Sr. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! And even... Checkout's not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like in the parking lot at your kid's peewee championship game. A trophy bigger than your five-year-old is blocking the rear windshield of the car in front of you. As they reverse into you, you're stuck on defense. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, this crash could drain your athletic fund. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. Man, I am honored to have a Hall of Famer uh, a goat, the glove, man, welcomed me to his city, allowed me to come out here and, and be at home, you know, and, and do great things in this city, uh, in the town, I should say, in the town. <laughs> uh, you know, born and raised Oakland, California, Skyline High School, Oregon State, number two pick. And as I said before, Hall of Famer, the glove, man, I am honored to welcome Gary Payton Sr., <laughs> that is Gary Payton Sr. GP, what's happening? What's going on, my young fellow, man? What's happening with you? Man, nothing much. It's been a rough go at it, not only for the NBA, uh, but I, I see a lot of people that I know uh, starting to test positive, man. So just trying to get through that. How you feeling? I'm feeling good. You know what I'm saying? I'm I'm just staying away from all that. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know I was coming to cover y'all games, and then I stopped coming, man. I said... And I'm around these kids too, you know, because I, you know, I, you know, I coach Lincoln University mm-hmm. out here, and I'm around these kids, man. So tomorrow is gonna be tough. Our first day coming back from Christmas break, uh. and they're gonna be, they're gonna be tomorrow. I'm gonna get them all tested tomorrow, 
to make sure that we uh we be good. So, you know, I'm just trying to be stay away from that too. You know what I'm saying? It's just unfortunate that you you got caught up in that and stuff that because you don't know who comes around you. You mm-hmm. know, off some crazy stuff like at the game. You know what I'm saying? You don't know absolutely. What, so you know, what happened? But uh, I know you'll get through it. You'll fight through it. You'll be fine. Absolutely. Speaking of of you, you coaching, you're coaching at Lincoln University. How is that going for you? Uh, I know, you know, you, you just now getting into it and, and coming in to, to change the program program around. How is that going? Dre, you know what? The good thing about this program is it, it is what you're saying to change it. It's a starter program. Coming out of COVID, you know, you don't have a chance to go and recruit. You don't have to, nothing to do like that. You got to see kids off of videos. And I'm just going to be honest. This is a different era for me. <laughs> you know, it's a different, <laughs> kids are different. You know what I'm saying? It's a different era, man, because these kids don't want to work. They think that they, you got to give it to them. And basically, this is not AAU. Uh, I'm a different coach. I'm a scream. I'm a yell. I'm going to get into your, in your chest. I'm going to do that. That's just the way I am. And I got to have kids that can deal with that. And I got to recruit kids. And then you got to worry about sometimes kids who you got to be sometimes don't go at them that way. You got to know how to talk to some of these kids. But some of these kids got to understand, I'm not going to baby. If you come and do what you got to do on the floor, I'll let you do whatever you want to do. But you're not going to come in here and have have acid and then think that I'm going to just say, okay, cool. You know what I'm saying? So it's been, a, it's been a progress, but I, I think I'm getting through it. I got a great staff with me. And I, I think we're playing, we're playing okay for a team that we have. That's great. I know we had spoke about me coming over there uh, one of these days, obviously getting through this. But like I said before, just let me know when. You know, I love yeah. to come through and holler and, at and the guys. Know, I was going to talk to you about that. They, they don't have a privilege to, to meet, meet guys like you right now. I, I think that they need to work. You know what I'm saying? You you are privileged to come and talk to them. And they don't they don't get that. And, uh, you know, but before the, the, the year is over, I want you to, because I got two guys here that I think that will really – benefit from talking to you about how your journey was to get to the NBA, how hard it and tough it was for you to work coming up from what you did. Like what you said just a minute ago, I had much worse where I stayed at. Absolutely. Kids don't get that, man. They don't get that to come and become who you have became because you done went through most wor- uh, more worse things, seen more worse things, but you built yourself up to be the person who you are now. Absolutely. No, I definitely appreciate it. And speaking of that, uh, you know, just kicking this thing off, I'd be remiss if we don't talk about the young glove, young <laughs> GP, the second. Uh, you know, I I know everyone's asking you questions about him on the floor, and obviously we can talk about that. But as a father myself um, of Draymond Green Jr., obviously I have two daughters, but it's, you're a father of a daughter as well. It's it's different raising girls than it is boys. And for me, um, I try, you know, what I struggle with daily is is what's too much and what's not enough. You know, like what's what's giving him too much and, and what's not giving him enough? Because the reality is we grow up and, you know, you growing up in Oakland, me growing up in Saginaw, we grow up. And I know for me, my goal it always has been, I don't want my kids to live the same life mm-hmm. that I lived growing up. But in saying that, I am who I am because of the life that I lived. And, and trying to figure out um, that balance and like, yeah, you're not going to live the life I live. And like, I can give you more 
but like I still want to teach you how to get it on your own and and like what's hard work and what's determination and how you push through that. Can you give me some insight on that? Because that's what I want to know, because that is my daily struggle in life. And like I said, especially in raising my son more so than my daughters. Trey, that's a, that, that, that's a, that's a great question, a great act of advice. You do know that our, our daughters are going to be father guys. They're going to be father guys. That's just, just the way it goes. Our mm-hmm. son is going to be rebellious against us. And I'm telling you right now, your son is going to be rebellious against you because he's named after you. And once he goes to school, people are going to be like, oh, you're not your dad. You can't be like your dad. And they're going to tease him. And he's going to get a lot of, he's going to get mad about that. But because who you are and who I was growing up and we had the, the, the life that we did, we didn't want to give our kids the same lifestyle. Correct. That's very correct. But I, I say this, don't give him too much. Make him work for stuff. Give him chores. Give him things to do. Make him go and, and be with his sisters and pick them up or do something like that. Make him have a responsibility. With Gary, Gary II, he was with me all the time. He learned how to, to play basketball. He learned how to do the things he was around me. Uh, and I, I compliment you from doing that with Christmas with your son, having him sit on the bench. You've given him an experience of what he can become and get. And that's what you want him to do. But don't give him as much. Don't feed him. Don't keep feeding him. Make him work for stuff that he needs to work for. Uh, with my son, I think Gary II is a good example. He didn't get drafted. He didn't do like the way I was. He came behind me at Oregon State. He did a great job at Oregon State for two years. But then when he got in the NBA, it struggled for six years, and now he has found a home with you guys at the, at the Warriors because it's a program or an organization that fits him. And the coach staff and the players around him fit him. And that's what his struggle was. Bill, Bill um, running around G Leagues and doing that type of stuff and learning how hard it is to struggle. And I'm glad that he struggled because now he knows how to get through it. And I, I appreciate the work he did because every summer he had to work, work, didn't know what team he's going to be on, didn't know if he was going to sign with nobody. Now he's in that position where he can get away from that because he's found that struggle and he found the way how to work. And I'm glad he worked. But I stay out of his life, though, Draymond, which people don't understand. You see, I don't be around all the time. I let him be Gary, not Gary Payton, because it's only going to be one Draymond Green. It's only going to be one Gary Payton. They just named after us. You know what I'm saying? So I tell my son, don't try to be like me because you can't. You be next to me. Be on the wall next to me, and we'll be together. You know what I'm saying? So Absolutely. Always that way to just teach them that way. I think just teach your son that way. Let them do what they got to do. And if he calls or if he asks for some some um, assistance, yes, I'm going to give him assistance. I'm going to mm-hmm. tell him what's on my mind and what's on my heart. I'm not going to I'm not going to sugarcoat it with him. If it's not right, I'm not telling you it's right. If it's yeah, wrong, absolutely. I'm telling you it's wrong. And it's point blank. You don't have to like it, but as you know, I went through this before you did. And remember mm-hmm. that. And I'm always going to tell you, I went through the ups and downs too, and that's just the way it goes. Absolutely. No, I appreciate that, man. It's like I said, that is, like I, I go through that daily. And, and for me, I try to talk to um, guys who 
and just not only former athletes, but really and specifically um, African-American men who are successful. And I look at their, their kids and, and they're doing great things. And, and by the way, it's funny because I was just having a conversation in a group chat with my boys. Great things don't mean money. Like, great things don't mean uh, they're making a ton of money. It's how they carry themselves. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, GP, young GP, uh, you know, GP ain't made a ton of money thus far in his career. But the way he carries himself, the way he goes about his business, you can just tell he's raised right. And so many times you see um, younger Younger children of wealthy um, individuals or rich individuals, as we say, um, and they're a wreck, you know, and, 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 and they don't know who they are. And quite frankly, we all go through that, right, where we're trying to figure out who we are, you know, but, but sometimes you see it at a totally different level and kind of struggling with identity and, by, you know, anybody can go through that. You can be raised the exact same way that GP2 was raised and go through that. But it, it says something about the fathers. And so that's something that I, I definitely wanted to dive into, you know. But, um, you know, and speaking, uh, like I said, number two pick uh, of the Seattle Supersonics, um, you know, I, I've done my research but also watched you growing up. You, you struggled your first couple years. You figured it out. You become the glove. And you go on to make nine straight all NBA teams. What was that key to you figuring it out? And then going on to have a career in Hall of Fame, the Hall of Fame career that you had. Draymond, you know what? When I came out, I was very arrogant. I was very brash. Thought I knew everything. That was it. Didn't have no work ethics like that. And what happened was I struggled for two years, but I didn't have the coach that can help me get out of that. I had Casey Jones, who was a coach who came from the Boston Celtics, who had just won championships. Absolutely. He had Larry, he had Larry Bird, Danny Ainge, Robert Paris, Kevin McHale. You just throw the ball out to them dudes, man, and they're gonna get it. You know, I'm a young dude coming in at 21 years old. I don't know what's happening, you know? Absolutely. So I'm trying to get it. And I struggled. And I was with Sean Kemp and we were struggling. And then Seattle started talking about trading us. And then next thing you know, the owner, um, the ownership came in and said, let's talk, you two, together. What is the problem? And I just said, I just don't have no guidance. You know, mm -hmm. I don't have guidance. I don't have no work ethics. I don't want to be here. The coaching staff doesn't support me the way it is. So we changed. Then mm -hmm. when we changed, you know, we went to George Call, and then George Call brought in my savior and, and like a second father to me, who who is called who's named Tim Gergridge. And when Tim Gergridge oh, in, Gerg took me under his wing and made me go to. Uh, the uh, Summer League, we played in Utah, we played in L.A., we played all of them things. And I was in my third year going into Summer League, and that's what I needed. And I needed a work ethics to do different stuff, and I got it. And he, mm -hmm. he put in the post-up game to me. He put in me pressuring the ball 94 feet. He put in all that stuff in my game, and it changed my game. And then the following year, we went to the uh, Western Conference Finals, lost to Phoenix. I made the all-star team. And then I started making them every year after that, you know, and I went mm -hmm. nine straight years after that. So it, it was like, you know, I just needed a change and a guidance and I needed somebody who can push me. And I just mm -hmm. had to stop being hard-headed and I stopped being hard-headed and I started working out because some of these kids nowadays, 
They just think that their talent is going to give it to them. Absolutely. It's not going to happen because there's more people better than you in that NBA now. So you got to get better because they're going to take it from you. And I just started working on my game every 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 summer, every chance I had to, and I got better draft. No, that's 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 beautiful. And so you go from there, you you make nine straight. I I, I have a question for you though. You won one defensive player of the year, and the reality is, with a name like the Glove, it's impossible that you only won one defensive player of the year. <laughs> but um, you know, and I know when you did win defensive player of the year, you were one. I think you were the first guard to win defensive player of the year, maybe in like eight years or something like that. Guards don't really get that love. More often than not, it's usually rim-protecting big men uh, that get that nod. And yet, like I said, with a name like the Glove, you may, you you win one defense player a year. That has to be impossible or else you don't get the name the Glove. You clamping people to get the name the Glove. By the way, funny story real quick. The Glove shooter came out, the zip-up. Uh, yeah. My brother got those. He was in the fifth grade. I was in third grade. I got in trouble at school and I got some terrible Nikes, man. I couldn't get my punishment <laughs> was that I couldn't get the gloves. So I ended up getting them like my my rookie year or my second year in the league when they came back out. And I actually played a game and that was a big moment for me in my life. Cause I remember back to third grade when that shoe came out, the hottest shoe out, I couldn't get the shoe because I got in trouble at school. Man, I had some terrible Nikes. My brother, who was like an all-A student, got the gloves. He won in the championship game. Our our elementary school won the championship. <laughs> he won them things in the glove, man. So I had to share that with you. I appreciate but, y'all. I appreciate <laughs> you. I appreciate you. But um, appreciate you. you know, and, and speaking of defensive player of the year, what do you make of it that a guy like yourself? Um, I feel the same way. I, I'm in my tenth year, and I think I should have maybe three or four awards, but nonetheless, I have one, and I do understand that. What do you make of that? Well, Draymond, you know what I look at it as this. At a point guard position, and I'm the only point guard to ever win it. So it, it, it's a difference. As a point guard, you have to change the game. I think me and you are in the same boat because we have to do more to, what, to win this award because of the simple fact is, is because of our position and the, what we do. We change the game because we change all everything around the game because we can pressure the ball. We can guard this guy. We don't get let people front us. We get our hands on balls. We do diving stuff. We make hustle plays. As what the NBA is going through right now, if a big man and he goes to the rim, they're saying he's a rim protector because he's stopping points going happen. We have to do everything. You know what I'm saying? Even get a knowledge of that. And people have to pump it up. So that's why more big men win it because they're saying like, okay, people get beat. Now, if they beat Draymond or Gary, then the, 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 the center is protecting him and he's and he's, 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 he's blocking shots and then he's starting fast breaks. Absolutely. I don't believe in that. I believe in if, if a person comes on a scouting report and say, if Draymond guards, if Draymond guards Chris Paul all the way up the floor, Chris, get a ball to what's called him, and he has to start the offense. I think Absolutely. you've done what you've done because they're over there now trying to say, man, we're keeping a ball from Draymond. Now, mm-hmm. if Draymond over here, swing it all the way over to the other side because we don't want him in the offensive play. I think you are become a weapon. And that's what it was happening with me and with you when we wanted. 
we change the game of way the people were working. If we get the main person off the ball to don't handle it and get in the offense, then I think we've done what we're supposed to do. And Absolutely. it's 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 just re, it's 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 it is what it is, Raymond. I get. It. I think you've won. You should have won a lot more too. But they don't go by that. They go by the guy who blocks a lot of shots, who alters the shots and stuff like that. We don't go by the steals and stuff like that. And I think we sh- they should think about changing that and look at the all-around game. Look at all the stats. What has Draymond done to change the game of defense on other teams? Did he mm-hmm. disrupt this? Did he do that? Yes. And then, we- then we'll start getting into it. And, and I think that's what it, that- that's what it should be. No doubt. I um <clears throat> and uh switching switching tunes just a little bit. Uh you won two gold medals. Um right. I'm starting to realize, man, our our stats lining up a little, our accomplishments lining up a little bit now. Yeah. I ain't got nine all NBA teams though, champ. <laughs> uh you you win two gold medals. But one in specific I want to ask about is 96. And the reason I want to ask about 96 is because that's right after the Dream Team, which, in my opinion, is the greatest USA team, the greatest team ever, uh, let's by bar none. But for sure, I mean, ever. But the greatest USA team I think that's ever been assembled was the Dream Team. And you come after that in 96. What type of pressure was that after coming off of them uh, just now allowing – NBA players back in the Olympics. You get the dream team in Barcelona. We know how that story went. You got all the guys who you end up competing against for all your years. But what what type of pressure was that on y'all coming back in 96 after the dream team had went over there and been so dominant? Well, Dre, the only 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 pressure put on us is that we had to beat teams the way they got they beat them. We knew <laughs> where we were going to beat teams. We knew where we were going to blow them out. But they were always comparing us are they going to beat them by 40 like they did? Are they going to average this? Is they going to do that? We wouldn't have no doubt in our mind that we were going to win a gold medal. Mm-hmm. We just said we're going to be on our home court. We're going to be in Atlanta. We had to do the dominance of what they had done. I wasn't worried about that because we had six of the players that already was on the Dream Team came yep. to us, and we only added six new ones, including myself. So we were having more fun. To be honest, Raymond, the most competition we had was in practice when we yeah. played each other. When mm-hmm. we played each other, that was the, that was the when we had to, we had all the competition. But when we got on the floor, we dominated the game. And yeah. we started averaging winning by 35-42. So it was no, you know, no question that we were going to win it. We just wanted to, to be just like Dream Team 1. We had to uh, be. We couldn't be winning by 15, couldn't be winning by 20. We had to win by 30 or 40. And that's what we started doing. And we were having fun at it. You know, like I said, mm-hmm. we had six other guys that had already been on the dream team. We added six more and, and we did it. You know, we swept through that stuff and it was real fun. It was really, really fun. Uh, that's, that's incredible. And, and so you won 96 and 2000. And, and, you know, I'm just moving, moving up your incredible timeline here. Then in 03, uh, 03, a lot of people try to um, compare this Lakers team today, which is LeBron, AD, Russ, Ariza, Dwight Howard. Obviously, a lot of guys who um, have or will be Hall of Fame players. Uh, 
And when they assembled this team, a lot of people said, oh, man, this is like the 2003 team uh, where they had Kobe and Shaq and they added GP, they added Carl Malone, they added all of these guys, and they didn't win a championship. Now, obviously, this season isn't over for them, and obviously it's not going the way that they wanted to go. But I thought it was kind of crazy when everybody decided to compare y'all to them because, number one, Kobe and Shaq were still in their prime. In their prime, where LeBron is still a great player. Like, LeBron is still one of the, if not the best player in the NBA. You can always make that argument. Uh, arguably the greatest player of all times. You can make that argument. But he is in year 19, or if I'm not mistaken, year yeah. 19. Yeah. And so they weren't in their prime. So right there alone, I thought was different. Um, where, you know, y'all got them two young hogs in, in their yeah. prime going at it, and you were still rolling too. Like, you continued right. on after that as well. And I think the only, like, Malone was older at that point. He but was, it wasn't yeah, the he same. Was way older, yeah. He was way older, Draymond, and, and you, got, you got that right. I was just only in my 13th season. That was it. I was only in my 13th season. So I was still rolling. I had just came off the all-star team. I had did all that. I was just averaging 23, 24 points or whatever and, and, and went there. And all of a sudden, what happened was that we had a lot of different stuff going on. Mm -hmm. I mean, remember Kobe had got in trouble in Denver. Shaq yeah. was, uh, was feuding with Dr. Bucks. And then mm -hmm. Carl got hurt. And guess what, Draymond? We still made the championship. Absolutely. Still made the championship. I was the only one on the team that played all 82 games. Uh -huh. I was the one who directed all the stuff. And we had players that came in and fit in. I don't think this Laker team is nothing like our team in 2003 at mm -hmm. all. I think we had players that knew their role. I think the Laker team right now is they hurt too. They're very hurt. A lot yes, of they are. Hurt. You know what I'm saying? A lot of them are not playing. And I yes, don't think are. Russ is playing the way that he should be playing. It's a new thing to him to go and be the man so long and then you got to go with AD and LeBron. And you mm -hmm. got to give them the ball. He's so much dominant on the basketball that he's not doing the things he did. I think he's thinking too much. Mm -hmm. I just went to the game. I just went to the game the other night on the 23rd and watched him play against San Antonio. And mm -hmm. I think he thinks too much. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And they rely yeah. on LeBron so much that they're watching him. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They don't play the way that you guys play. Like if people cut and move and do that, they're watching the basketball too much. And I, and I just think the team is not that way. I think our guys were, Kobe was uh, in his prime. He was a dog. You know, he can come out and get 50 anytime he wanted to. Shaq could dominate the inside. Myself as a point guard was running. We were running a triangle, which was new to me and Carl, but Carl got hurt, you know, and he yeah. missed 60 games. He missed 62 games. That's and that was crazy. bad. It, it was crazy. We were 18 and two when he got hurt, 18 and two. And he got hurt. So it was, it was crazy for us. And then all of a sudden Shaq misses 40 games. Kobe misses 37. So, mm -hmm. you know, that was just crazy for us, but I don't think this team that the Lakers got are nothing like us. I think we were, we were more in our prime. A lot of us was way more in our prime than they were. And, and I, but I, you know, the guys on there right now, Draymond, like you said, Carmelo, uh, Westbrook, all them dudes, Anthony, all them going to go to the Hall of Fame. 
Absolutely. It's just that they're hurt. They're just hurt right now. And, and it's just a struggle. And it's yeah. hard to put a team like that together and you guys are not healthy. 100%. And, I, you know, people always ask me, like, who do you worry about in the West? Phoenix, Utah? Like, yeah, you know, Phoenix and Utah are really good teams. Like, I think, you know, when you roll down to it in the end, conference finals, all that, those two teams will possibly be right there with us. Uh, yeah. I have no doubt in my mind about that. But I always tell people, like, you still got to worry about the Lakers. Like, they still got LeBron James. They still got Anthony Davis. They still got Russell Westbrook. They still got Carmelo Anthony. They still have guys that can beat you. And you can go on about it, about your day and your life and your months up until the playoffs and think that they aren't to be dealt with. As a player, as someone who got to face those guys, someone in the same division, those guys still have to be dealt with. There's too much talent uh, on that basketball court on that team to not have to deal with those guys. So, I mean, right. you're talking probably legitimately six Hall of Famers. Hey, you got to deal with those guys. So I don't really make too much of what's going on right now and what people are saying. You still got to deal with those guys. But I do think Russ is overthinking it a little bit. And I understand it also. Uh, obviously, I'm not who Russell Westbrook is. I don't have the ball as much or never have in my career as Russell Westbrook does. But I do understand the sacrifices that it takes when you're playing with guys like that that, got, that, that should have the ball. I understand the sacrifice it takes and trying to find that balance. For me, I completely stopped shooting. Like, totally stopped shooting because you're just trying to find that balance and get those guys the ball. So I definitely understand it a little bit, mm -hmm. uh, you know, where he's coming from uh, or, or what he's dealing with. Uh, right. I, I understand that. But, you know, so so y'all are expected to win the finals. Uh, the, shout out to the Pistons. Detroit Pistons go on and win the finals. Yeah. Uh, State of Michigan, baby. <laughs> I, 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 you know, I, I respect that. Yeah. Um, they go on to win the finals, and then you 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 eventually uh, you you sign with the Heat, and, and y'all go Boston. on Boston, and then the uh, Heat. well you you y'all go to Boston, you go to Boston right. for a year, one season, yeah. and right. then you eventually you you sign with the Heat, right? And y'all go on to win a championship. And I thought one of the most interesting things about that championship was as great as Shaq was, D Wade was the guy. D, D Wade. Right. Absolutely. Flash. Flash. All right. And Draymond, let me, give you a, yeah, let me give you a story about that. We were struggling, Dr uh, Draymond, from all for the whole year. We were struggling from day one. We were just like the, 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 the Lakers now. We were struggling. They were giving criticism to Pat Riley about putting his team together. But all guys who were older, they all in their in they lates. You know, everybody had a, a, a time in their in in times, in their teams or whatever. And they were, they were criticizing us. Van Gundy steps down. Pat Riley takes over. I'm the oldest one on this team now. I'm the oldest statesman. So I did like this. I started seeing Shaq be uh, mad about we're not getting him the ball. And I just told Shaq, I said, Shaq, listen here. Look what young fella did last year. You see how he took over stuff, man. They they lost in the, in, the, in the Eastern Conference Finals. You guys lost in the Eastern Conference Finals. That's why Pat came and put all of us together. He wanted a championship. We're here now. We got to stop this, man. I said, man, we're going to make him be the first here. Period. You got to do this for me. And I, I told Shaq, I said, do this for me. Just let him be the first here. Let him go and do him. If we get you on the block, just get there and, and score. 
And when he agreed to it and, and bid in, man, D-Wade, I ain't never seen nobody perform like this ever. He had 30, he was 35. And I was like, this is incredible because this young kid was giving them the blues. And he was making shots everywhere, getting to the whole dunking. And he guided us all the way to that championship. And what it was is just like you guys right now, Draymond. We had, he had four guys around him that was ready for him to do whatever. Absolutely. You know what we were ready to do. We were ready for the, if he passed it to us, he had a shot. We were playing defense. We told him, go in the corner, get you some rest, guard the weakest man over there, and we'll have everything else under control. And that's when we start being a team. And then we just rolled through the Eastern Conference. And then all of a sudden we got in the championship. Dallas got up 2-0. And then we buckled down and then we beat them four straight. And yeah. then that's it. Uh, that, that was beautiful. Uh, incredible. Uh, congratulations. I always like to say that to any champ because people don't understand how hard it is to win a championship, man. And as someone who, who's had the opportunity to win a few championships, I'm starting to have an appreciation for guys that had great careers and didn't win. And the reason being is because people try to judge guys off like, oh, you didn't, you didn't end up winning one. Like, all that don't count. It's so hard to win a championship, man. And so many things has to go right in order for you to win a championship. And people don't really understand that. Like I said on a, a few weeks back, you know, people was talking about Chris Paul. They said, oh, he never won a championship. Chris Paul is a winner. And you can say whatever you want about Chris Paul. He hasn't won a championship, and that's unfortunate. And he still has an opportunity to. But he's a winner. He is a winner. He's won. Every team that Chris Paul has been on, he's made that team a better team. I, I spoke about they sent him to OKC to essentially die on his deathbed. And not only did he resuscitate himself, he mm -hmm. took that team to the playoffs. And because of what he did there, Sam Presti got him to a place in Phoenix of where he can have the type of success that they are having last year and this year. So that's that's a very interesting thing that I think people don't really realize is how hard it is yeah. to win that championship. But in saying that, uh, you go to Miami, you win a championship. I think for myself and for most people, if you're a basketball fan, Gary Payton, you're always going to associate Gary Payton with the Seattle Supersonics. That's just what it is. And, uh, and I think you may feel the same way. Uh, mm -hmm. but you, you've openly uh, expressed that you had no desire to have your jersey retired in Oklahoma City. And, and even more importantly, you've been very outspoken about getting Seattle a franchise back. Uh, and, and both of those things, if if they were to get a franchise back, which I think they will, and I hope they do, it's an incredible city. Yeah. Um, would you would you would you be into coaching uh, Seattle SuperSonics franchise or or front office of that franchise? Yes, very much, Draymond. Uh, I I would love to go back to Seattle and, and give them fans what they what they deserve. They should have never lost a team in the first place. Just bad ownership that was happening during a time where it just it went down. As soon as I got traded. That ownership took that team to, to a low, a very, very bad low. And, and, and then it happens, you know. But, but you know, you got to think about, I never played for Oklahoma. So why would I give the fans any kind of opportunity to go in there and say, ah, and why my name and your Raptors where I never played at? 
That's nothing that I would want to do. Seattle is what I, I'm, I'm about. Seattle made me. They made me for 13 seasons who I am. They made me a Hall of Fame. You know, they, they made me a top 75. They made me that type of person. So I would never disrespect Seattle in no kind of way of doing that to the fans. So if it, it, and when it does come back, and I know it will, yes, I'm going to be a part of that, 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 that organization. So keep that going and keep the people going and get our basketball back. Like you said, Draymond, that is a great city, a beautiful city. I still got businesses out in, the, in Seattle. You know, I got restaurants out there. So I'm, I'm, I'm very happy. I'm there all the time. And, I, you know, I'm looking to move back. I want to move back. Seattle <laughs> is the city, man. You know what I'm saying? I, I might be promoting California, but I love Seattle. You know what I'm saying? I don't care about mm-hmm. the rain. I don't care about none of that. That's a beautiful city. And, yes, I would go back in a heartbeat. That's, that's beautiful. Uh, before we get out of here, uh, I know I've taken a, a bunch of your time. I got one last question for you. And the reason I love this, uh, you know, I really want to ask this question, I should say, is because I don't know where I am. I didn't even want to look it up because I think it would have ruined my day. But you're fourth all time in, in technical file. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> obviously, I got my fair share of text myself. Um, <clears throat> do you know who the three guys are before you? Ahead of you, I should say. I think it's Rashid Wallace. He's number one. I think uh, Dennis Rodman. Uh-huh. And it can't be you this good this quick. Nah, I, I ain't got enough years under my belt. Yeah, you yet. ain't got I enough years like that. You. And who else is it? Carl Malone? Okay, so it's you, Carl Malone. Oh, well, like you said, Rasheed. Then you got Carl Malone. Chuck. Oh, it's Charles? Charles oh, <laughs> used to get a lot of texts too, man. Yeah, he did. He was always talk crazy, man. Yeah, yeah. I thought Dennis Robin because he was getting crazy at times, man. But yeah, yeah I, I believe Charles. I believe Charles. I believe Charles. Yeah, because I know yes, Rashid was number one. Carl, I know Carl had a lot of them, and then I didn't know Chuck. No, I thought I thought Chuck was below me. But yeah, yeah. it's cool. Nope. Yeah, it's not support, man. <laughs> We used to get texts, man. I, I, I'm telling you, I used to get them all the time. You know how y'all get like 14, 15 to get suspended? Shit, I've been suspended about four, five times, man, the whole year. I was getting them, man. I didn't care. I didn't care about none of that. Hey, I tell you what, and looking at that list, uh, obviously two, three Hall of Famer. One who I think should be a Hall of Famer, Rasheed Wallace, uh, who was an incredible, incredible player, incredible talent. And I hope he do get that now one day. But I'll tell you what, if me getting text means I can end up in that conversation with that <laughs> group of guys, come on, NBA, I'll take more of them texts. I, I tried listening to them things, but once I saw this list, I said, I need to be up there. So if that's what's going to help me get to the Hall of Fame, put me right up there with those guys. I'll take it. Hey, man, look, do what you do, man. If you feel like you can do it, you know how to control it. I did the same thing, man. I just, you know, like I would always call, I would always talk to you when I see him. I just said, when it's time for you to calm down, just calm down. Just go over to the referees and talk to them. And I've seen you done that in the last couple of years is where you're having a better relationship with the, with the referees. Once you do that, they'll give you one every now and then. Who cares? Who cares, mm-hmm. Who cares about that? You know what I'm saying? It's just that you have to learn yourself. 
all right, it's not the right time for me to get a tech for my team. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Let me just go ahead and, and do this, but I'm going to get this one because I think this is crazy. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Ain't nothing wrong with that. I did that all my career. I did it all my career, Dreadmire. I used to go to referees before and say, look here, I ain't having a good game, man. Give me a tech, man. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Just make it look like you just, you know, we, we argue. But it's mm-hmm. like that, man. It's your emotions. You just play from the heart like I did. Absolutely. You play from the heart. You can't play no other way. It is what it is. If you get in that moment, man, you get into that, people have to understand that you are a winner. You do not want to lose, and you think that the, the, the cause was bad, which some of them, and mostly of them, be bad. You know what Absolutely. I'm saying? So don't worry about it, man. Keep playing your game. Don't change your ways, man. Change, do what you do. If it's going to make you get better, it's going to make you do what you got to do, do it. It doesn't matter. long as you've been productive with it, and y'all winning, don't worry about nothing else. Absolutely. Man, OG, I appreciate you coming on. I thank you for taking the time. Basketball legend, NBA legend, Hall of Famer. But more importantly to me, City Dirt, I love dearly a town legend, town business GP. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Appreciate you. Always, man, fella. Anytime you want me, man, you know you can come get me, man. You know, let's do that domino thing again, man. So hey, no, let's get it. Get it. Throwing yeah. bones on them people. Yes, sir. Yes, sir, man. appreciate you, OG. Always love. Wow. I hope y'all enjoyed that interview as much as I enjoyed that interview. I hope you took some things away that I was able to take away. Uh, because, like I told you, one of my favorite questions and one of the things that I wanted to know the most as a father of Two little girls, but also, but as you saw, my son, that's just something that I want to know because it's something that I struggle with daily on always trying, just trying to figure out, like, am I too hard on him? And am I not hard enough on him? Um, Am I giving him too much? Am I not giving him enough? Is it just right? There's no right answer. There's no, there's no handbook that someone gives you and say, here, 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 this is parenting one-on-one. It just doesn't work that way. It is trial and error as a parent. You're just going with what you think is best. Like your mom, your dad, whoever can tell you all that they want about being a parent. And ultimately, you're still going to go with what you think is best for your child. Because a a part of that is also you knowing your child, right? And you building that relationship with him and you knowing what buttons to press, what buttons not to press, you know how something may bother him or her or how it may not. Like, that is parenting. It is no handbook that anyone gives you. People give you a little advice, and then you have to figure it out from there. And so I was extremely thankful for the way GP answered that question in particular, Uh, but just also him sharing, um, you know, his love for Seattle and how he would get back into it. If that or if that city got an organization back, speaking on his current team and the job that he's doing and and trying to recruit and those struggles, I thought it was incredible. I was extremely extremely pleased uh, with the interview and, and but more so than pleased, honored uh, to to go to school because that's what it was for me. It was school, um, taking in knowledge from one of the OGs and seeing what can I use to apply to my own personal life. Uh, to apply to my career. I thought it was incredible. And, uh, you know, I 
I never, ever get tired of get when I had the opportunity of talking to Gary Payton Sr. It's always a treat. And so I hope that's what y'all took away from it as well. Uh, and obviously, you know, he and I got to run. All, we always got a, a, a standing domino game going on. We always looking forward to that. By the way, new show coming out, Throwing Bones. And GP is one of the guests on one of the episodes. So make sure y'all tune in to Throwing Bones. That's coming out later this week, um, Thursday. And I think it'll be a great show. It is, uh, you know, we sitting there chopping it up, playing dominoes. I absolutely love playing dominoes. Uh, whoever's out there listening that think they can throw them bones, holla at me, because you can't. I promise you, you can't. I play like a, like, the best domino players I've ever seen are in prison or did time in prison. And I played like those guys. So see me if you want to. But that's a wrap. Another episode of Draymond Green Show, episode eight. I'm out. We got Dallas coming up this week. Check it out. We got the Pelicans coming up this week. Trying to close in on a 3-0 week. And I think it's well within reach if we go play our game. So until next week, much love. Draymond Green Show. I'm out. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Anne Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Only in theaters this Friday. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes Film.com to get tickets now. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like in the parking lot at your kids' Pee-Wee Championship game. A trophy bigger than your five-year-old is blocking the rear windshield of the car in front of you. As they reverse into you, you're stuck on defense. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, this crash could drain your athletic fund. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary.